I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to episode nine of the Dugout from Sports Mall. I'm Pascal Lemaire and Barney Corkle is here again to give his ever insightful views on the Premier League. Barnes, another crazy round of fixtures with Leicester the only team in the top four to get anything in midweek. Uh, let's start with Spurs though. They knew they had the chance to go top uh, last night at West Ham but they lost there. And now the North London Derby coming up on Saturday. Huge couple of games for them. Are they starting to crack a bit? What do you see with them and their title credentials? It did look a bit like it last night because they were they were overrun by West Ham in the first half there. West Ham just tactically blew them away, really. We're always used to Spurs being the high-pressing team, high-tempo stuff, which has worked so well for them this season. But then West Ham beat them at their own game, really, uh, yesterday. Obviously, the hosts were fired up. It was Tottenham's last visit to the bowling ground, so West Ham were desperate for Tottenham not to uh, come away with a win from that one and make it seven wins in a row, which of course would have taken them top of the table. So for you know, if West Ham obviously really wanted it, Tottenham, they probably needed it really. It was a big chance. Leicester obviously dropped points on the Tuesday, which we'll talk about a bit later. So it gave Tottenham the chance to go top of the table and to miss that chance is going to be a really, really gutting blow because everything seemed to be going their way. And this just, it's a big setback in their title hopes. And it's going to be interesting to see how they respond to it whether you know, uh, you know Saturday's North London derby is the worst game possible for them or the best game possible for them to bounce back remains to be seen. That all lies in the result there. But I think that could be a make-or-break uh, match for their title hopes because if they lose that one after losing to West Ham as well, it's going to be really hard for them to recover not just the point deficit that might be against them but also um, the, the psychological thing of losing two games in a row. So it did. there were cracks showing for the first time really for Spurs and... There's going to be a lot of questions asked of them and Leicester and Arsenal, to be honest. All three never been there before, this close to the title. for Arsenal not for 12 years, Leicester and Tottenham not for a long, long time. So there's going to be questions and Tottenham didn't really answer those questions last night. It was a really disappointing defeat for them. They did have chances with Kane missing a couple of really good chances. One in particular from point blank range, which he would have usually put away. But yeah, not really good enough in the end. They were they were beaten at their own game by West Ham, and it leaves them in a in a difficult situation going into Saturday. Yeah, I was just about to say that actually. Uh, West Ham, you know, all their players and the manager afterwards, they they said that we, we we've seen Spurs play with such high intensity during the season, and we wanted to, you know, the crowd got on their side straight away. And Spurs, yeah, they, like you said, they did get beat at their own game. There, you know, the high pressing, the high tempo. West Ham were too good for them, and I mean Pochettino, you know, he did he did rest Deli Ali from the start. He didn't play. Um, a slight illness there I think but then once he came on in the second half that did seem to just galvanise the rest of the team and that's when they did start to play a bit better but in the end it was just that, um, that Antonio he's got an incredible record at, uh, at Upton Park uh, Mikel Antonio keeps scoring goals it was a great header from him but for Spurs not to be able to score you know they're usually pretty reliable for that they've got such a good goal difference this year and you would have expected them to at least get a goal but I think the thing as well is, is you can't take anything away from West Ham you know they are sitting there sixth in the table now only a point behind um, Man City in the top four so you have to give full credit to them they're having an amazing season, aren't they? So, a disappointing result for Spurs, but considering they had won, you know, their previous six league games, it's not the worst result for them. But then, like you said, it's going to be a huge, huge. Well, it already was going to be a huge game, but especially now that you know both uh, Spurs and Arsenal lost in midweek. You know, Arsenal come into this three defeats in a row in all competitions for the first time in almost six years. So, 
they're having a really bad time of it themselves. And for Leicester to be the only team uh, in midweek to even pick up just a point with that draw against West Brom, just, you know, we, every week we seem to say that it can't get any more bizarre this Premier League season, but it just keeps on delivering and you just don't know where the title's going to go. It was incredible round of fixtures yesterday and I was on the Leicester game on the Tuesday night and it did feel like it was a missed opportunity for them only getting a point. They played a lot better in that match against West Brom than they did against Norwich when obviously they stole the, the late victory and they were a lot more threatening against the Baggies and they would. Ranieri said afterwards that he was a lot more happy with that performance than he was in victorious uh, against Norwich. So it was a bit. It would have been a big shame to drop two points in that game because that's definitely what it was uh, at the time it seemed anyway to drop two points because they should have won that game. They had their chances. Um, as it turns out, it's probably a, a valuable point gain because you you could not have expected all three of those teams, Arsenal, Tottenham and Man City, to all lose last night. It's Arsenal, especially at home to Swansea. We we talked last week about them potentially bot- bottling it with that loss against United, but the defeat to Swansea at home is the biggest sign of a bottle job I think I've seen in, in recent years from Arsenal. It's, it always seems to happen for them. This is, we've said so many times, it's their best chance to win the title in the last... 12 years since the Invincibles did it but that's such a disappointing defeat to Swansea you obviously have to mention that they are unlucky with hitting the woodwork three times but Wenger came out after the match and said that and it's not really what fans want to hear after 12 years of not winning the title they want they don't want a bad luck they want they want to be up there and winning those sorts of games and they should have won that game um, he's, he's he said after the match for, the, uh, for one of Swansea's goal that his team just stopped playing and he was sort of blaming that on the referee for not giving a foul against those we said they're not not mm. playing but one of the first things you get taught as a footballer is to play to the whistle we can't blame the referee for Swansea taking advantage of his size not playing He's, he needs to blame his uh, team for, for just stopping and expecting the foul to come when it didn't come so there are certainly problems Arsenal need to um, to rectify but all, th- all three of those below Leicester, to be honest, will be devastated by that that one of results. The the only positive is the fact that the other three of them did drop points, and Leicester as well dropped points. So it's not as bad, perhaps, as it could have been for a slip up from them. But incredible, incredible uh, evening yesterday. It really was. Yeah, that was the game that I watched last night, the Arsenal one, and they they started so well. They were all over Swansea at the start, and you know Swansea made six changes from the weekend, and with the fixtures that Swansea have got coming up, you could clearly see that you know they were. They were thinking, right, let's probably rest some of our better players because they they have Norwich at home on Saturday, which is on the face of it was a much more winnable game for them. They left Sigurdsson on the bench, uh, Peloshi, who scored against Spurs uh, the weekend before, he was on the bench as well, and they made yeah so many changes, and they didn't even have their manager there, uh, Gidelin. He he had a chest infection, had to go to hospital, so it was Alan Curtis back in the dugout again, and all those signs seemed to point that you just thought Arsenal, especially you know after losing to uh, Man United at the weekend, you would have thought they would have come out easy win for them and it did look that way for a long time you know they got the opening goal a great finish from Campbell as well but after that they were very unlucky not to score they should have probably gone two up um, like, like you mentioned they did hit the woodwork a couple of times but that the, the goal you're talking about the first one where uh, they stopped playing you know it, it might have been given as a foul but it wasn't clear cut you know um, I think it was a Matt who came through the back of Ozil and it, there wasn't much in it Ozil just fell to the floor and I think he just expected a free kick he didn't get it and yeah, it was a great ball into Routledge and a very good finish from him. But even from there, even getting pulled back to one all, they should have easily been able to uh, go on and win. And uh, Sigurdsson came on at half-time. He really changed the game for Swansea, actually. He missed one great chance where he went around the keeper uh, and hit it across goal. And then it was his free kick. Wicked delivery uh, into the box. You can maybe say uh, Petacek could have done a bit better, but it was coming through a crowd of bodies. All he could do was just try and parry it out. And it just hit Ashley Williams uh, and goes in. So that, that goal was very lucky from Swansea's point of view. And then 
you know, Arsenal they they hit the post and uh, uh, the, the bar three times. So it, it wasn't. You know, he did come out and say afterwards that luck wasn't on their side, Wenger. But you shouldn't need luck in a game like that. You should have been able to uh, put it away much sooner than that, and they couldn't do it. And then, uh, well, to add insult to injury, at the end, you know, Petacek. I mean, it's kind of hilarious if you're if you're just looking at it from a if if you're not supporting Arsenal and Petacek goes up for the corner in the 95th minutes to try and get an equaliser, and then when he's running back to his goal, he pulls his hamstring. Uh, and now he's going to miss the North London derby. And uh, Laurent Koscielny, you know their best defender, he wasn't there last night, um, and he's he, he's not going to recover in time for the weekend either. So that's their two best players at the back, uh, both not going to be there at the weekend. So the likes of Harry Kane, uh, Deli Ali, even though Kane you know missed a couple of chances last night, they're going to be licking their lips at that. And you say the Spurs being at home, uh, Arsenal with those injury problems and the way they're going at the moment, Spurs should start the game as favourites. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And those two injuries are just huge for Arsenal. I think. I mean. You couldn't really write it, could you? Check going up for the the corner just yeah. in the in a Premier League game with ten games left of the season. You don't often see a keeper going up for it. For, so for him to take that decision in the first place was a bit strange. Obviously, a, a, a win was would have been very important. Even a draw as they were going for at that point would have been very important. But it was a, it was a sign of their desperation. Really, it, it was a sign that even though there's six points between them and Leicester, which isn't an unassailable gap with ten games of the season to go, it's going to be difficult. But it's not unassailable. It was a sign of the desperation um, Wenger's feeling now to send check up and you got to say that, that injury on the way back. As Van Hal was complaining about Murphy's Law a few weeks ago, that's really unlucky for <laughs> Wenger. That is that c- couldn't really have gone much worse. So yeah, to miss those two against Tottenham with Kane in pretty decent scoring form apart from um, against West Ham and Deli Alley, obviously a big threat it's going to be a big loss for them against Tottenham and just the size of the game as, as I've already mentioned Arsenal I've, I've bottled it lately with a few poor results in a row that is a huge huge game it's really going to be a big test of mental strength as, as much as anything else for both teams and Tottenham have got question marks hanging over them after the West Ham defeat but Arsenal even, even more so after those uh, defeats and it's hard to see them bouncing back of, of the two teams they have more experience of this type of situation just through Arsene Wenger if not any of their players but it's hard to see them uh, bouncing back at, at White Hart Lane with a victory because Tottenham have been very impressive this season and the way Arsenal are going at the moment nothing would really surprise you if they start throwing everything away just as they seem to do around this time every single year well yeah because they've got the um, it's not long until they've got that uh, FA Cup replay against You know, that's not going to be an easy game away at Hull I mean if they lose uh, Spurs at the weekend, you know, four defeats in a row, and then with that FA Cup replay coming up soon after that, you know, Hull are going to be trying to get all over them. They know that Arsenal uh, won't be very confident going into that. I know they've won the FA Cup the last two years and they're on a great uh, a great run in the competition, but you know, if if Arsenal lose that and say Leicester win this weekend as well, the title would be slipping out of their hands, and then you know they they're not going to go and win in Bar- uh, in Barcelona in the Champions League, are they? So. Uh, the FA Cup would be, you know, as it has been the last two, is probably their only real shot uh, at a trophy. And considering where Arsenal were large parts of this season, it would be uh, so disappointing on their part. And it's just, it's just incredible to think that Leicester were the only team in that top four to get anything this week. And like you said, they they could have very easily won that game against West Brom. There, those chances, Vardy and uh, Morgan, I think those shots at the end, they could have easily gone in and bar, you know, a cracking uh, Craig Gardner free kick, it was they would have won that game. So. And for Leicester, you know, looking ahead to this weekend, uh, they go to Watford. You know, that's a game they would feel confident of winning, given you know Watford aren't in the best form of themselves. And with Spurs and Arsenal playing each other, um, it's a good chance. Then the only thing you say about this weekend is that Man City, you know, they're they're the the one banker this weekend, aren't they? You know, home to Aston Villa. But uh, last night City it didn't go their way, did it? Didn't go their way at all. It was 
maybe a hangover from uh, the League Cup final, but Liverpool certainly showed no signs of that. City were just, they were not other bases to be honest, but that was as much to do with Liverpool's performance as it was Man City's performance, because Liverpool, you can always tell really in the first 10-15 minutes with Klopp's side whether they're really up for it, the high pressing right at the start, and that was the case. There wasn't many chance in the opening 20 minutes or so, it was pretty much all played in the middle third of the field but Liverpool were just not giving City any time on the ball and it was it was you could tell that they were more hungry for it than City obviously City coming back off the um the league cup victory that can sometimes spur a season on last time City won it a couple of years ago they went on to win nine of their last 10 games of the season and pip Liverpool to the title so they would have been hoping for a similar boost from this time around but it just it wasn't happening for them Liverpool to their credit, played very well. It was one of their better performances. Certainly, I think, their best home performance under Klopp so far. Um, not quite at the level of the, the win over the Etihad. They weren't quite as fluid going forward, but still picked up a huge victory for their season. Brings them back into the top half of the table and potentially back into the top four race with six points now separating them from City. But with City in this sort of form, you know, you'd, you'd have to think this weekend is a banker against Aston Villa. Then they've got Norwich after that, so you'd think they get back back into form there but then they've got a huge huge Manchester derby against United and there's no, nothing separating the two sides in terms of points a couple of weeks ago we were we were um ruling United out of the Champions League race but the the level on points now with Man City City are only one point ahead of Man, uh, of West Ham as well so whereas all season until probably this last this past week we were thinking City arguably favorites for the title once they get everyone back right now the the main concern the main priority has to be securing Champions League football because it'd be an absolute disaster for the club if Pep Guardiola comes in and they're not in the Champions League which all through the season but it hasn't really been thought of until this past week everyone was thinking Pep Guardiola coming in it's going to be huge for the club no one even considered the possibility that they wouldn't actually be in Europe's top competition and but that is a real possibility right now the form they're in lost three Premier League games in a row for the first time since November 2008 haven't won back-to-back uh, Premier League games since October, which goes to show the level of their inconsistency at the moment. So they need to uh, shape up sooner rather than later because United starting to find a bit of form, West Ham in good form. They're really, really threats to the, the top four places now. Yeah, and it was just the, some of the goals they conceded last night. So disappointing because we, we talked last week about how good they were defensively uh, in Kiev and then they were very solid again uh, in the in the League Cup final, weren't they? they on the, for, for most parts, they, they dominated that game and... Uh, offered little, uh, offered Liverpool very little. But uh, last night, the goals they conceded, you know, I think all three of them you could probably say very avoidable. I mean, the first one, uh, Lalana's shot. Everyone was just so like watching the game. Everyone was seemed so surprised that he snuck in at the near post. There it was a wasn't a, a particularly well struck shot. And Joe Hart, you know, you probably say he got his angles a bit wrong there. And uh, second one was a great finish from Milner, but he probably shouldn't have been allowed to get into the box as easily. And then they give the ball away for the third one. And you know, Liverpool did play it well from that part, and uh, Firmino stuck it away well, but. From City's point of view, considering you know they didn't, they still had a, a lot of great players out there. You know, company like we said is back, and we've always said how important him being back was. But it just looked like a, a very disjointed performance, and they do need to bounce back. But you know, fortunately for them, uh, it is Villa who seem to have resigned themselves to relegation now. Um, they're, 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 I mean, Everton in midweek beat them three one, but Everton didn't even play particularly well there. It was just one of those games where uh, they got three goals, but Villa. They they just look completely completely doomed now, and you can't forget as well. I don't know if you know City do still have a game in hand on, on everyone else up there, and so if they win that, they'll only be a point behind Arsenal, uh, seven behind Leicester, and uh, the way everyone else is going at the moment, they're certainly not out of it yet. 
Well, I don't know. Seven points is a, a big gap to make up on Leicester when Leicester in this sort of good form only lost three games all season. Top scorers in the division. So to make up a seven-point gap in the last ten games or so is is big. You'd expect to see um, City win that game in hand because it comes against Newcastle. But as I say, they've got some big games left, none bigger really than that Manchester derby. So it's going to be difficult for them to, to overhaul that gap, especially in this sort of form. They certainly need to bounce back. I would I would personally say their main priority has to be just Champions League football now. I think the title is not fully beyond them just yet, but you know, it'd, be, it'd take a big, big uh, effort over the last 10 games of the season to overhaul what is now a 10-point gap to Leicester. Leicester in this sort of form don't look likely to give that up. So City, they're in trouble right now and their main priority has to be securing a top four spot. And, you know, if they can pick up a few wins on the way and maybe hold themselves back into the title race, then it could. Then maybe they'll, they'll keep fighting until the end. But I think that loss to Liverpool last night was a huge, huge blow to their title hopes and potentially even a fatal one. Yeah, it certainly could be. Um, OK, we've put them off uh, long enough now. Let's Let's go to Man United, who... You know, two two really big wins they've had at uh, home over uh, Arsenal and Watford last night. And you have to say that things, you know, look better for them. You know, they 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 played well against. Well, they took advantage of an Arsenal team all at sea really at the weekend. And then last night, uh, Watford, the better team for the most part, uh, just couldn't score. Igalo missed countless chances, and then Mata curls home a fantastic free kick. Um, and like you said, they're level on points now with City. Like we said, City do have a game in hand, but you know, only goal difference keeping them out of the top four. It's pretty incredible turnaround considering you know the podcast. I think two weeks ago, uh, it was the title of the podcast was "End of the Road for Van Gaal," and uh, now everything looks rosy again. Yeah, and credit to Van Gaal. You have to give him a bit of credit. He's he's done well to turn things around. We were questioning the wins over Shrewsbury and Mitchell, and would he be able to do it against top class opposition? Then did it against Arsenal, did it against Watford. Got a bit of luck um, in doing so against against Watford because quite how they won that that match, we're not sure, but. They got the victory, they got all three points and it was a huge victory. It puts huge pressure on Man City above them and certainly puts their uh, Champions League hopes right back up there because we were saying a few weeks ago they were they were dead and buried in the Champions League race and the Europa League was their best hope of getting into uh, into the, um, uh, the, ch- the Champions League next season. But right now, you wouldn't bet against them creeping into the top four because they're in better form than... The, the two teams above them, uh, certainly Manchester City and Arsenal, they've won the last two league games now. United, where City have lost their last three, Arsenal have lost their last two. So you wouldn't bet against them. And I, I think to be, we were say, we've been saying a few times that Van Gaal, it was about time for him to go. Some terrible results. But I do think you'd need to give a bit of credit to the United board for keeping faith. We do say a lot of times that boards get rid of managers uh, far too early, uh, just a bad, one bad run of results and they, they pull the trigger get rid of them and it's too it's too sack happy the the culture in football at the moment but United ball credit to them have stuck um, stuck with Van Hal and if it turns out that he gets them into the Champions League it'll be a, a, a decision that's been vindicated still I think the jury is still very much out on Van Hal with the money he spent and I think they should be up there challenging for the title but the United board do deserve a bit of credit for, for, for loyalty more than anything and keeping faith with Van Hal when everyone else pretty much seems to have given up on him yeah, and I think if they do, uh, if they do manage to get into the top four, uh, say maybe go on win the FA Cup or go really uh, deep in the Europa League, it would be hard for them, the board, if that, if someone did become, say, you know, the, the Mourinho talk is still there. Obviously, if he was, he seems very keen to go to Old Trafford, but um, you know, if, if he still wants to go there, then if if it's a great end to the season for United, then especially if they do it this way, winning with you know 
these kids coming up through the academy. You know, Rashford had obviously a fantastic start. Didn't uh, continue his scoring run last night. But he had a couple of really bright moments. That one moment when he uh, did a quick step over, got to the byline, put in a cross, and I don't know how that one stayed out. So he still continues to impress uh, him, and there's a few other youngsters as well coming through who have had some bright moments as well. And if he can manage to do that with all the injuries they've had this season, uh, you know, Rooney being out at the moment, some of the other key players at the back as well, it would be some achievement. And maybe not all down to United. You'd probably say it's obviously being helped by the fact that some of the others at the top just uh, just seem to be bottling it hugely. But if United can uh, come strong at the end and, you know, really race up, uh, race up the table and get in there, it would be some achievement. And there's also, you know, West Ham, like we said, just one point behind them in there and, the way West Ham are going, obviously, like you said, the final season at the Berlin ground, and that it seems like a great atmosphere there. They're still going in the FA Cup as well. So those top four sides, you know, they certainly are going to be looking over their shoulder if they don't sort out their act soon. Yeah, and West Ham, very much dark horses. If they can sign off on the, from Upton Park with the Champions League place and bring Champions League football to the Olympic Stadium, that's that would be huge for them. And the form they're in, you wouldn't bet against them. They're beating back-to-back wins now in the Premier League against Sunderland and Tottenham. In the, in the last week or so and the, the, the Tottenham one was particularly impressive to we've already mentioned they beat them at their own game but the way they played in that that match they would have they would have given pretty much every team in the league big problems there the way they performed in that match and they've got players in really good form Paye is obviously the standout one but you mentioned Mikel Antonio um, earlier he's on a really good scoring run so they're very very much in the mix and there wouldn't have been many people's picks at the start of the season to be challenging for the top four place. And obviously it's been an insane season throughout. So everything's gone out the window really in terms of pre-season predictions. But huge credit has to go to Slavon Bilic. I question the decision to get rid of Allardyce because I think most teams, most clubs end up regretting it when they get rid of Allardyce. But Bilic has done a fantastic job. He's got the main reason for getting rid of Allardyce was obviously to improve the way West Ham played and Bilic has really done that. They're playing good, attractive football. They're getting the results as well and they are very, very much in the mix for a Champions League place. I still would probably put the likes of City and United just ahead of them but to be honest, that's really only on reputation rather than form at the moment because West Ham are in in fantastic shape at the moment and they're they're looking good for to push for the top four until the very end of the season. Yeah, so back-to-back wins for Man United and West Ham, but both of those games are coming at home. Those two games, and they've, they've got some, they've got tough away games this weekend. Those two, West Ham uh, go to Everton, who you know, is quite a good feel at Everton at the moment with the new two hundred million investment from Farhad Moshiri, who you know says he might be spending some money in the summer. Man United, they go to West Brom, who you know West Brom, they seem to be playing a bit better at the moment. You know, Berahino's back, and that saga seems to be finally over. Uh, obviously got that point at Leicester. So neither of those two, t- tough games for them this weekend, isn't it? Yeah, they are. And I've been pretty impressed with West Brom the last couple of games. They've We don't usually think of a Pula side as being free scoring, but they've got um, five goals in the last two games, a 3-2 winning. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Against Palace when they raced into the 3-0 lead. Second half obviously wasn't too good for them, but they held on for the victory. And then to get a point at the King Power Stadium... Really good result. They perhaps didn't deserve it, and they only really had a couple of 
sights of goal in that game. Rondon scored um, when Huth probably should have done better. He just got shrugged off the ball too easy to give them the lead against Leicester. And then it took a fantastic strike from Gardner for a free kick to get the point. But a point nonetheless, and it's a... It's a, a really good point for them and it's taken them a long way away from the relegation zone now. They're 12 points clear of the bottom three and I would probably say they're safe now. They're four points away from the 40-point mark but with 10 games left of the season you'd expect them to, to get there and quite a bit further before the end of the campaign. So I would say that they're safe and it's not an easy game for United. I think it would be just as tough if not tougher than their match against Watford uh, last night. So there's no guarantee that we'll get three points out of that and as you mentioned West Ham as well Everton, they've generally tended to be better away from home than they have at home this season, but they're still a pretty difficult team to beat. They've actually lost fewer games than Man City up in fourth so far this season. So, again, no guarantees West Ham getting three points there. So, every every week, really, this every match day this season seems to be throwing up some results which completely change the complexion of the table and completely change who the favourites are. And it's a, it's a dangerous game to try and predict anything at the moment. It is, yeah, and I think just going back to West Brom quickly, I, I'd agree they do seem safe now. You know, seven points out of nine uh, in their last three games. So I was quite worried for them at, at one point, but they really seem to have turned a corner there, um, and they seem safe now. And you know, down the bottom, it's, it's getting very close. Obviously, just three teams: Sunderland, Norwich, and Newcastle level there. But that win for Swansea last night, huge for them, wasn't it? And uh, Bournemouth beating Southampton as well. You know, would you say that it's just uh, three teams now for two places? Because the other day we said Swansea are in the mix as well. But considering Swansea beat Arsenal, and now I think Swansea's fixtures they get much much easier now. Uh, is it just a race between those three now, Sunderland, Norwich, and Newcastle? Yeah, I think Swansea might. They're still just about in there. But that that win at the Emirates was so huge, so unexpected that it would take a bit of a collapse and a bit of improved form from the other three teams down there: Sunderland, Norwich, and Newcastle. For them to drop back in, I'll probably say Bournemouth are now pretty safe. They've they've um, surprised everyone really by by doing so well so far this season. And that victory over Southampton on Tuesday night was a really impressive victory. So they've they've done really well, and I think they can breathe a little easier now. They're they're eight points clear. Swansea only six points clear. That's certainly not an unassailable gap. But if they can perform like they did against Arsenal and pick up some of those results, okay, they were a bit lucky to get the win. But if they can if they can get a bit more luck and pick up those results they've only lost 12 games all season which is significantly fewer than the four teams below them in the table I think that they've got the, the the quality in their squad to just carry on picking up pretty regular points that should just nudge them to safety so I would be surprised if they're dragged right back into the mix and for me it does seem to be mainly between those three and of those three right now the three in the bottom um, the, th- the two in the bottom three Newcastle and Norwich probably looking like the more likely Newcastle not in good form, Norwich in absolute dire form, Sunderland improving and picking up points. Okay, they they're not winning very many games, but they're they're playing much better. The the games they are losing, they're not losing by a lot, and then they're picking up the odd draw here and there. Just exactly what you need to do in the relegation battle: just pick up some regular points, even if you're not winning games. And as we mentioned many times, the Allardyce factor counts for a lot for me. I think and. Norwich, I think, certainly, alongside Villa, are the most likely to go down. Could end up being between Sunderland and Newcastle. And with that with that derby coming up in, in in a couple of weeks' time, that has the potential to be a huge one as well. Yeah, and there's, well, there's some massive games this weekend as well. We've already said about Swansea and Norwich, and then you've got Newcastle. They play Bournemouth as well. And I think for Newcastle, it was a bit of a strange game last night, wasn't it? They go to Stoke, who I think they'd lost six games in a row, but then had had back-to-back wins going into that game. And as it were, I was watching the highlights back of that game. The, the wind, it was so windy. I mean, I know it often is uh, the potteries there at the Britannia, but it was so, so windy. And I mean, Stokes' goal in that game, Shakiri, he let fly. And 
I mean, obviously the wind took it and it absolutely flew into the net, but I, th- I was really surprised by Rob Elliott's reaction. It was almost as if when it left Shakiri's foot, he seemed to think it might have been sailing over the bar because it wasn't even that far past him. And I think if he'd just been on his toes and stuck out a hand, he might have been able to get something to it. But it raced past him and then he seemed to put his head in his hands as if he, he just didn't realise what had happened and it had gone in. And Bizarre goals conceded, but for Newcastle, it was their first game in 18 days. You know, they'd been away, I think, maybe to Dubai for a, a warm weather training camp or something like that. And it, it maybe a bit of rustiness there, but that's a huge game for them this weekend against Bournemouth, isn't it? It is, and... If they can get a win there, it'll be a huge, huge boost there. I still think they've got a lot of quality in their squad and potentially the quality to to stay in the division. It's, that's why it's so hard to call because you think of the likes of Sissoko, Wijnaldum, Shelby, they're not really bad enough to, to be relegated, I don't think. They have had injury problems. You have to say that they've got a long, long injury list. Colaccini among them, the captain. So Shelby actually captained the side last night despite only coming in in January. But... The, the match against Bournemouth is a difficult one because Bournemouth, they've been pulling off these odd wins here and there and they're, they're quite an unpredictable team. They usually play in the same sort of way and they usually play pretty well in the Premier League but it's unpredictable whether one one week they might take their chances and, and win or another week they might not take their chances and be on the end of a pretty disappointing defeat. For Bournemouth, it's a big game. I think a victory there would pretty much put them safe once and for all. For Newcastle, it's absolutely huge having dropped now below Sunderland. Sunderland obviously moving out of the bottom three um, in, in, during the midweek games with that draw against Crystal Palace. It's, it's huge for both teams. And as you say, that, that relegation doubleheader this weekend is is big for things at the bottom of the table. I think we'll have a much better idea. The thing in Newcastle's favour is obviously they've still got a game in hand as well. So while they're level on points with Sunderland and Norwich at the moment, that game in hand could be crucial. It does come against Manchester City. You do have to say, say that. Said it comes against City, yeah. So yeah. you probably say it's not going to be a win, is it? So It's not going to be a win, but if they can get anything out of that, maybe a point. And even the psychological advantage of having a game in hand, you know, knowing that survival is at this stage in their hands could be big as well. So it's it's really tough one to call at the moment uh, at the bottom at the moment, but this weekend could go a long way to to telling us who's going to be down there. If Norwich fall to another defeat against Swansea, which on the former both times you both teams you probably say is the most likely result, and Newcastle able to beat uh, Bournemouth at St James's Park, then Newcastle will certainly fancy the chance of staying up, and Norwich they they'll be in dire straits. I was just about to say about Norwich. You would have thought maybe their fixtures might be getting a bit easier. You know, you look at who they've played recently. They've had Liverpool. Uh, and then Spurs, uh, West Ham, Leicester and Chelsea, you know, in uh, five of the last six games. So it has been a very tough run. I mean, they've, they've done so badly in those games, you know, losing all but one of those against West Ham. But, you know, they, they go to Swansea, who, like you said, seem to be improving. Um, and obviously they rested some of their key players last night, so they should be going into that game uh, quite fresh. And then after that, they, they played Man City after that and then go to West Brom. And um, we've already said about West Brom that they seem to have turned a corner. So things aren't getting easier for Norwich and just what you hear in other people say they seem to be the one that everyone is almost seem to be you know uh, siphoning off with Villa there as going down but you can't you can't forget look you look at the table they are just still level on points with Sunderland and Newcastle and neither of those teams have strung together any sustained form this season so you know even though Norwich certainly in the worst form of all those teams you wouldn't uh, discount them yet and you know they they could turn a corner as well but as it is like you said with form Norwich most likely of the three you'd say to go down yeah and just looking now at the final three games of the season, they come at Arsenal, then at home to Manchester United, then at Everton. So, if yeah, exactly. If they're still around the mix there, then that's going to be pretty difficult for them to get any points from there, which makes this upcoming run of games really, really important. Swansea, West Brom, Newcastle, Crystal Palace in four of their next five. 
and then Sunderland after that. So five of the next six games come against teams currently in the bottom half of the table. And then with the matches after that, um, actually they play Watford after that. So six of the next seven are against teams in the bottom half of the table currently. So if they can get some points out of that, maybe it will give them um, a bit of a cushion going into that final three games. But you, you probably think that they need a bit of a cushion if they don't manage to turn their form around and they 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 struggle in those games against the teams in and around them in the table then it's going to be really difficult to see them launching a late comeback in those final three games of the season because it's such a hard hard end to the season for them what about palace are they safe yet because you know they've been on a terrible run of form haven't they you know no win uh, is it eight or nine games now it's no win in the, in the league and 10 33 games now. 10 games yeah so yeah. you know 33 points they've got so they're still you know nine clear uh, of those trio of teams down near the bottom but the way they're going at the moment can't buy a win and with others you'd say improving are they safe Palace? I don't think they're entirely safe if I if I was a fan of Bournemouth I'd be, I'd be feeling a bit more comfortable right now than if I was a fan of Crystal Palace despite Palace being a point above them in the table Palace's form is just dreadful the, the thing that's in Palace's favour is the return of Yannick Bellassi recently he made his first start against Sunderland on Tuesday first start since um, they last won a game before Christmas so that's a big boost for them and the fact that he hasn't started any of their poor run of fixtures says a lot about how important he is to the team and the style that they usually play because without him they they lack their most direct and their most exciting attacking threat and obviously they're so good on the counter-attack usually that without him and without the likes of Sacco who's also been missing, Punchin's been missing recently, that takes a lot away from them. The other big positive for Crystal Palace now is that Conor Wickham seems to be scoring again. He scored two really good goals against West Brom, the second especially, and then another two fantastic strikes um, against Sunderland to rescue a point. So he's now got, he hadn't scored from open play all season before uh, last Saturday. He's now got four in his last two games. So that's a big boost for for Crystal Palace. And if, he, if they can finally get their strikers starting to score, then he will start climbing away from the relegation zone. But difficult run of fixtures coming up for them. They've got Liverpool, they've got Leicester, they've got West Ham and they've got a postponed game against Manchester United somewhere before the end of the season as well. So they've got a tough run of fixtures and if they if they don't pick up a win somewhere in there, which the current form is quite hard to see them doing, they could be dragged right into the mire if the teams below them start to pick up a few points and then, you know, it's a lot of pressure on their shoulders. I would expect them to be safe, I, I think, Norwich and either Sunderland or Newcastle are a lot more prone to going down right now than uh, Crystal Palace are but I don't think they're particularly safe yet they need a league victory they they don't seem to be able to buy one at the moment but those last two games although a draw at Sunderland isn't the best result for them certainly would have been, been seen as two points dropped before Christmas in the first half of the season when they're up there challenging for the European places there are positives to take from those last two results and I think if they can take that into this weekend's game with Liverpool, which is going to be difficult with Liverpool on the back of that uh, fantastic performance and win over Man City, then they might be able to at least maybe nick a point, which is just all building blocks in the right direction. Only seven short of that 40-point mark as well. So if they can just edge towards that, it should regain a bit of confidence because it's certainly lacking at the moment with Palace in such poor form. Yeah, yeah. And I think, well, it's actually, I was looking, it's actually 11 games now in the league without without a win which considering that's, that goes dates back to before Christmas considering you know considering where they were the first half of the season and everyone raving about the job Pardew was doing it's quite an incredible fall uh, from grace and even you know going f- further past those fixtures you talked about they, they host Norwich uh, on the 9th of April that's that's the game they'll be looking at but then after that uh, Arsenal and Everton um, and then their last two games of the season are Stoke and Southampton it's a really tough end to the season for Palace and um, if any of the say if two of those three teams uh, we talked about uh, down the bottom if, he, if two of those um, 
get the, get their acts together and start stringing together a few wins. Palace could be in real trouble, and it's it's just so surprising considering where they were. And like you said, I, I'd also agree with the fact that you know you probably say Bournemouth, even though Palace are a point better off, Bournemouth seem to be in a better position at the moment just because of that form. And when you're in that kind of form, everyone's gonna see you come into town, or if you're going to their place, and you're gonna really fancy getting the win against them. And they just need something to boost their confidence. And I don't know with the, with the fixtures coming up, it's hard to see them getting it. And Although the one thing I would say is that it, it, you'd be surprised if 40 would be enough. I mean, it might, it's probably going to be less than 40 this season. You're going to need to stay up. So um, interesting to see. But yeah, Palace in, in real trouble. Um, let's just move on to some of the other teams uh, that we haven't really talked about. The, the teams sort of uh, in the top half and in well, the top of the bottom half who are doing really well at the moment. Between Stoke uh, in seventh, Everton in 11th, those five teams, just four points separate those. And uh, all, well, four out of the five won in midweek. Southampton, the only team not to win. Uh, against Bournemouth but let's start with Chelsea they're up into the top half uh, now sitting there in 10th and three wins in a row in the league things looking good for them yeah much better now I think there was obviously questions over the amount of draws they were getting in Hiddink's first few weeks in jars but now they're finally, finally starting to get the victories and three decent victories as well Norwich they they rather scraped past Norwich on Tuesday but it was a good win away to Southampton a really big win against uh, Newcastle in their league match before that so they're starting to find a bit of form and finally that win over Norwich took them to the highest league position since the opening day of the season which goes to show you know the rebuilding job Hiddink's done and the fact that the likes of well Liverpool kicked off their game against Man City below Chelsea in the table which would have been so disappointing considering how poor Chelsea were in the first half of their campaign but it also goes to show how well Hiddink has done in, um, and I think you'd still say the European places are beyond them, but anything they can do towards now and the end of the season to keep climbing the table, certainly with a lot of teams above in the upper echelons of the table dropping points, if Chelsea can keep picking up victories as they have been the last few weeks, then it's going to give them a good chance. And it's not an easy game against Stoke on Saturday, but they probably expect to win that. And then they host West Ham in a big game. But then it's Aston Villa and Swansea, which you'd expect them to get decent results in both of those. So. It's hard to see hitting some beaten record ending really anytime soon unless West Ham go there and get the win but West Ham themselves have been a bit shaky away from home ever since the opening weeks of the season so they're in really good shape at the moment. I think the main priority for Hiddink when coming in was get them to climb the table. I think they're only one or two points above the relegation zone when he took over. Now they're 15 clear of the bottom three so he's done a really good job. The first priority would have get them up the table into the top half and then anything from there would have been a bonus this season and He's certainly done the, the done the first part, and although it is very close in the middle part of the table, I, I don't really see them sinking back into the bottom half now with this form they're in. No, and the only thing for this weekend that you'd say that maybe Stoke um, might fancy their chances at Stamford Bridge is the fact that they've got that huge uh, European game uh, coming up uh, against PSG uh, at home. 2-1 uh, deficit from the first leg, and given that they seem to have eased any... You know, no one really thought they were going to be. They were going to be in trouble, but now that they have, like you say, eased that and gone uh, way clear of the bottom three, um, do you think there's a chance Hiddink might maybe rest some of his key players ahead of that huge Champions League game? Potentially, yeah, because they're still very much in the tie, and with more so than a lot of people expect. I mean, PSG going going into that match in such good form. Even PSG have faltered a little um, mm. recently. They obviously lost their League One um, unbeaten record, which was. The, the the best in the, the division's entire history so they've, they're faltering a little bit at the moment Chelsea in good form picking up victories their performance in the first leg will give them a lot of um, um, optimism going into the second leg even though it ended in defeat and it's not beyond the realms of possibility that they'll go through that, that tie which is not what many people expected with Chelsea sitting 
in 14th or 15th when the tie was made, I think. And PSG, obviously, 24-odd points clear at the top of the, the French League. So it's, it would be a huge uh, bonus if they could manage to get through the Champions League. And obviously, they're still in the FA Cup as well. So whereas under, under Mourinho, things looked pretty gloomy for Chelsea and they were struggling to keep their chins above water in terms of the relegation battle, right now... You know they're, they're they're pushing up the table in the Premier League. They've got they've got a good chance of going through in the Champions League, in the into the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Things are looking pretty good on a few on a few fronts for Chelsea. And Hiddink's done a fantastic job to turn that around. I think of them, Champions League will probably be their priority because get, getting through in Europe will give them such a huge boost, more so than anything they can really do left in the Premier League now. So yeah, they, I wouldn't be too surprised to see him um, rest a few players for that big big game against PSG because it's a match they they have a real chance of getting something from. Yeah, and like we've said uh, on previous episodes, you know that there is some uh, weaker ties in the Champions League and uh, if they go through and avoid one of the big boys like Barcelona uh, or Bayern, Juve, whoever goes through from that tie, there's a real chance that you know, they could go through to the semis and uh, once you're there, anything can happen. But um, just going back to Stoke quickly, really you know, impressive run from them. Three wins in a row after, I think there's five defeats in a row uh, in all competitions and they're sitting there seventh, you know, above Liverpool, Southampton, Chelsea, Everton. All these teams that, at the start of the season, you would say have much stronger squads than Stoke. You know, you've got to give credit to them. Um, fantastic win again last night in in difficult conditions, like I said, against Newcastle and uh, Butland, the star again, wasn't he? Fantastic save at the end. Yeah, and he's been so good all season. He's just one of a number of Stoke players I've been really impressed with. They've, Mark Hughes is building such a good squad there, and obviously they've splashed quite a lot of money, a lot more than they ever have in their history before, bringing the likes of Mbula, Shakiri. They want to sign Arnautovic to a new contract. He hit the bar with a fantastic volley in the, with the last action of the match against Newcastle as well. So they've, they've got so so many dangerous players going forward, but also that sturdiness at the back, which they've always really had. Obviously, Shawcross out injured at the moment, but when he's back in, they look like such a sturdy outfit. And Butland is able, he must have won them a good 9-10 points this season with the saves he's made, if not more. He's been a fantastic, pretty much a breakthrough star this season. It's his first uh, season as a as a first team regular for Stoke, and they want to sign him down to a new contract as as they do Arnautovic. And if they can get those two players to commit their future, with the likes of Shakiri only recently arrived, and Bueller only recently arrived, Bojan obviously there who can't even get in the team at the moment. They, the the future's looking pretty bright for Stoke, I think. And with that squad, that you wouldn't put it past them pushing for Europe certainly next season and they wouldn't have given up on the idea of pushing for Europe this season either because they're only five adrift of the top four which again it's not an unsaleable gap by any means No not at all and Butland if he keeps going like this you know we talked where he said that Joe Hart you know um, at fault probably for that first goal in mid- uh, midweek against Liverpool and it's going to be a difficult decision for Hodgson isn't it because Butland has uh, written so many headlines this year and um, would you still have Hart as your number one for England at Euro 2016? I, I probably would and I think he will be but Butland really does need to be strongly considered because that that first goal for Liverpool Hart was is just his foot movement was non-existent. He absolutely got nowhere near that ball, and he really should have. Mm. It would, should have been fairly comfortable save. Whereas Butland has pulled off some sensational stops so far this season. I think Butland's performance level had dropped a little with, over the last uh, few weeks before that fantastic save against Newcastle last night. But he has still been in in really good form, and Fraser Forster's obviously in the mix as well because yeah. he's. He came in and kept six consecutive clean sheets. I've been pretty disappointed with him in the last two games. I think the last, pretty much every goal that's gone past him in the last two games, he should have done better with, which was surprising mm. after such a, a good um, return to the side. But all three of them are in good. Uh, well, all three of them are in the mix for the um, the England post probably at Euro 2016. It is going to be a difficult choice for Hodgson. I think Hart will get the the nod 
partially due to experience. He's been there, done it before, and partially just because he is the number one and he hasn't really shown bad enough form to to be uh, knocked out of that jersey despite Butland being in good form as well. But certainly strength and depth when it comes to that for Liverpool in goal, at the, for England Zoe in goal at the moment, it's looking pretty good for them. It is, yeah, and yeah, I'd agree with you about Forster. I mean, everyone with that, you know, the Ivanovic header for, that Chelsea had at the weekend, and everyone seemed to be praising how great a header that was. But you know, Forster, he saw it coming. He got like a very good hand to it, and just completely missed it with his kind of punch away. I was very surprised. That everyone seemed to keep saying that it was an amazing Ivanovic header. When I don't know, I thought Forster could have easily saved that one. Yeah, like I say, he's gone off form a little bit. But um, let's just circle back to the North London derby. That's the uh, that's the massive game this weekend, the first first match of the weekend as well. Uh, which way do you see it going? Give us a prediction. I think I see it going the way of Tottenham. I think Arsenal are just bottling it too much at the moment. It's obviously a huge, huge one. And Tottenham, they've got such a young squad. Whether that will be a positive or negative in such a big, high-pressure game. more Probably the highest-pressure game than that most of them have played in, if not all of them have played in, really, in, in terms of domestic action, at least. I, th- I think I'm going to go for a Tottenham win. They weren't at their best against West Ham, but... Arsenal style might just suit them a little bit more and at White Hart Lane as well with home advantage I think I'm going to go for a Tottenham 2-1 home victory Yeah I, I think I'm going, to, I'm going to go with Spurs as well I think like you said it's just the way Arsenal are playing at the moment and Spurs little blip in midweek but you fully expect them to come back you know Deli Ali, he hasn't played uh, 90 minutes in midweek it's going to be a big boost to have him from the start and I think Kane will be really really angry about some of those chances he squandered uh, against West Ham so I think Spurs will be right at it and I think just them being at home Spurs I think that's just going to give them the edge I think if Arsenal had been at home then I might have fancied them to get a point uh, or get the win but I think Spurs uh, the way they're going at the moment I'd fully expect them to get the win and then it's all pressure you know depending on the result it's all pressure on Leicester they're the Saturday evening kickoffs. They'll uh, they'll have a couple of hours to see what's going on um, That's gonna, we're obviously covering uh, all those big games this weekend on sportsmall.co.uk uh, live coverage of all the big Premier League games um, Barnes thanks a lot this weekend um, and thanks a lot for you guys for listening um, we'll be back next week to look back uh, on those results at the weekend uh, look ahead to match day 30 uh, and much much more we'll see you then Hold up what was that? Boring no flavour that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.